Hello everyone and welcome to FOMO, Fear of Missed Opportunities, a podcast that explores different parts of creative industries and is designed to help young professionals with the beginning stages in their careers. My name is Magda Gorczynska and I am a 23-year-old working in the film industry as a set PA, which is basically the entry-level position for assistant directors on sets. I haven't been working in the industry for very long, so I can have a very fresh outlook on how it really works and what are the, some of the best ways to break into the world of media, because I know in those type of industries it changes a lot and the people that started working two years ago, three years ago, would have had a completely different experience trying to find the first job. In today's episode, however, I will talk about online presence as well as CV and portfolio building, best ways of landing your first job as well as what happens when you finally do, and all the boring aspects behind the scenes, such as being freelance, taxes, and trying to find a good work and life balance. Over the next few episodes, uh, I will be interviewing some exciting guests that work in different sectors of creative industries, and they're all with different backgrounds, experiences, stages of their careers, um, and yeah, it's all really, really um, exciting. I've already <laughs> pre-recorded those episodes, and I just can't wait to share them with you. Um, so starting with part one, which is the CV building. Um, these will vary across the different areas of the industry. Um, but some aspects will stay the same. Um, a very, very, very important part of um, CV building um, for a creative job is that it is job specific. And not only... Um, you put in your CV but also the type of your CV will work better for different roles. There are different types and those are traditional CVs, portfolio tasters, video CVs, infographics, multimedia or own website CVs. I would suggest that you do some research for the specific job that um, you are applying for and then have a little think of which type of CV would work best before you proceed to create it. Um, on my website, I will also um, put in this little um, infographic that kind of shows you what CV works best for what um, skill sets and what job um, posts. Um, but also, for in order for your CV to be successful, you have to make sure you tailor it for every job you have. Even if the jobs are similar, even if it's all within the same sector, Always, always, always review the job, review what they're asking for and tailor it accordingly rather than always using the same one. I know it can be dull, especially in the beginning stages of your career when you're just excited to start working. However, trust me, it will make all the difference. And create an honest picture of yourself. Never lie on your CV because they will pick it up, especially when your job needs specific skill sets. Do not say... You are fluent in HTML. Do not say you've been using Adobe Suite for years if you haven't, because you can only pretend so much. In a very specific creative job, they will pick up on it straight away. And also make sure to emphasize your best skill sets and experiences. So do write about all the courses you've taken. Um, do tell them all of the... Um, extracurricular activities you've taken part of during your university degree 
or during A-levels, say everything that you have done in that specific um, sector. But even though some creative jobs do not require a CV, it's more about what you know and your talent, be sure to always have one. Always come prepared, always come to your job interview with a CV, even if they don't specifically ask for it, that will just show that you're you're very um, on top of it and you really, really care about this specific job. If you have a, a university degree in your chosen um, sector, that's great. Sometimes it's not necessary. Sometimes they're not looking for graduate. However, it will always boost your, um, your CV and it will boost your employability because they like seeing that people are dedicated to what they do. And always write about how this degree helped you. Don't write, I have a degree in fine arts. Write about the skill sets that you learned from that degree and how they will help with the role that you are applying for. Relevance, relevance, relevance. I cannot stress this out enough. You need to make sure that your CV is relevant to the job you're applying for. But unfortunately, a CV can hardly ever work well enough on its own in creative industries. It is important to show employers that you chose to apply for a specific position because you truly believe to be a great fit for the company and that it will be a great step in your career. And the best way to do this is to write a cover letter. Make sure when you're writing a cover letter that you are aware of what the job position is and what skill sets they are looking for and tailor it accordingly again. Very similar to your CV. However, here you can be a bit less specific. Not less specific, but you can not be quite so on paper. You can show your personality a little bit more in this. Um, but it is also great to gather some research on the company itself and explain why you're excited to start working for them specifically. So you're kind of picking yourself up as well as picking them up. They really, really like those hidden compliments and the fact that you've researched them, the fact that you know why exactly it's them that you want to work for rather than a similar company with different values, for example. A third addition to your application would be a portfolio. Again, those vary across different sectors of creative industries. However, there's always one thing in common. It's your time to shine and show off your best work. For myself specifically, I created a video show role of my best work as a director or producer. Even though I have only directed a few short films, I was able to select the best scenes and put them together to create my show reel. For other creative jobs, this could be anything from a journal with your best writing samples, a showcase of your paintings, a website or a marketing project created for a specific organization. This is the time to be creative and stand out from the crowd because CVs, as different as they can be, will always kind of showcase the same skills. This is when you actually show something that you've created yourself. So I would say a portfolio is one of the most important parts of your job applications. Moving on to online presence. Nowadays, it is extremely important. I was speaking to my boss the other day how he 
hates how the industry has changed, that nowadays everyone's on their phones, that everything's happening digi- digitally rather than in the moment. However, that is this, the society and how we, we live right now. So personal brand is everything, especially when working freelance. Therefore, it's important to know that posting a picture from a night out when you and your friends are being silly can have serious consequences if seen by a potential employer. I'm not saying don't. Obviously, have your social media, have fun on them, do whatever you want. But I would suggest keeping your social media private um, and having separate ones, public accounts, for work-related content so that when you're applying for a big boy position, (laughs) they don't come across a drunken night out. What else is important is consistency, and that has multiple meanings. Firstly, be, con- be consistent with your design, name, etc. across different platforms. What you want to avoid is people remembering your brand name, such as, for example, me, FOMO, fear of missed opportunities, on some platforms, and then creating the accounts on others under my personal name, Magda Korczynska, which, sure, some people might find, but there will be a lot of others that never put the two together, and that will force you to lose recognition. The other meaning is to be dedicated. If you want your personal brand to succeed, you must put the work in. You always want to look active on your social media accounts. You always want them to be, again, have the same posts slightly differently on Instagram, on Twitter, but always show all of your work on all of them because chances are the employer might only find one of your accounts. But you also want um, want to update them very frequently, update your website, of your social media, making sure that um, everyone is aware of your current projects and what they might expect from you in the upcoming weeks or months. Just making sure that it's all up to date and that nothing's missed, really, and that everyone sees that you are willing to work hard. Brand development, yes, can be extremely difficult, especially when the brand you're working on is your personal one, is yourself. Because people can feel a bit strange about picking themselves up or like posting um, long paragraphs about their, their themselves, their work. So what I would um, suggest when helping you creating, um, creating your brand is um, to often get a second opinion um, from your friends, colleagues, um, lecturers, what I would suggest doing is to host a focus group during which you and your friends can truthfully talk about your strengths and weaknesses and talk about each other's work and how they would suggest um, changing it or improving it. Um, because very often you can't see, see your own work the same way that others can and they can pinpoint um, the weaknesses, but they can also tell you what is great about your work. So moving on, um, that's kind of what, how to um, create that perfect CV. Uh, but moving on from, from what happens before you land your first job is how to be freelance. So obviously that can be very, very stressful. And you might not know where to start. You've got your perfect CV, you've got your um, personal brand. But what happens next? How I started looking for jobs, I didn't really have the the money to put into agencies or to pay for like a website with different job posts. So what I did as soon as I came out of uni is looked up on Facebook 
all of the different um, groups that are related to my job. So I looked up Film London, um, Filmmakers in England, everything like that. So you can do this accordingly to your own um, sector of media. Um, and there's always lots of lots of people of in search of employees. And yes, these might not be jobs that you would ideally go for, but it's a way of starting and starting to build your network, which networking is one of the most important thing when it comes to creative industries. So yes, go to different events, take on jobs that you necessarily wouldn't want to work in full time and just meet new people, show them your face, show them your work and make them remember you. So when they are looking for new employees or for someone to collaborate with, they'll think of you and be like, oh yeah, I met that person last week at this screening gala. They seem so into what they're doing. I want to give them a chance. Honestly, sometimes, unfortunately, it's who you know rather than what you know. And those people will help you in your future and in your future careers. Personally, after I've landed the first few jobs, sometimes it was on the other side of the camera for me, um, I then thought, okay, I've made a little bit of money, but it's not consistent enough. Um, if I want to support myself as freelance, I don't want to get a day job, then I have to get more work. That's when the next step in my career came, signing with a, um, an agency. So I emailed a few, spoke to my friends, like which ones are the best ones, and signed with this diary service, that basically uh, I pay them monthly and they supply me with job posts and set of my CV. Um, and it's a company that is the first one to hear about any jobs in film. Again, they're going to vary across the different industries, but I know that there are different agencies for different parts of creative industries and they are great. Um, they do get you work and as much as it sucks to pay to pay to get that first job, it does pay off because I pay for it monthly and the, uh, the fee for it is less than one day of work for me. So it really does pay off. And then the more you work, the more people you'll meet again, networking. And those people will then land you more jobs. So in a few months, who knows, you might don't might not need that agency anymore. And then you can just work on your own and be, build your own um, brand strong enough in order to be able to support yourself without any help. And that brings me to the next part of this um, episode, which is what happens when you do work freelance. So one of the most boring and stressful parts is paying taxes. Um, when working freelance, you can, um, you can have different ways of doing that. So one of them would be setting up as a sole trader. You have to do this if you earned more than a thousand pounds from self-employment in the tax year. Um, and to set up as a sole trader, you contact HMRC and you need to keep records of your business sales and expenses or if you're working freelance, that will be what you make. Uh, sometimes you can claim money back, claim taxes back from um, petrol etc you really need to look it up for you specifically um 
and how you register as self-employed with HMRC is you check your work accounts as self-employed using the employer status indicator, uh, register for an online account with gov.uk, complete your registration using your government gateway details as well as information about your business like trading name and contact details. And once registered as self-employed, you'll have a number of obligations and responsibilities like completing the annual self-assessment tax return. And everything has their pros and cons, including being self-employed. So the pros is you have more flexibility and control over your work. You can work from home or anywhere in the world, really. Um, and you can explore your creativity a lot more freely. And you don't have any obligations to anyone. However, there are disadvantages as well, like finding clients or um, startup costs, administration, Complying with industry regulations, that is all boring and behind-the-scenes work. However, you do have to take all of that into account when working freelance. But also, um, there are other ways to work um, in the creative industries um, without really being self-employed. So you can um, always um, work for a company that hires you directly. Um, again, with how I was speaking about agencies, some of them can actually, you can, instead of paying them monthly, they can hire you and send you off to jobs as well. Or, for example, when I'm working for different projects, I'm just registered as a payee and they pay my taxes for me. So it's something you really need to look up to, see what's best for you and see which one you want to proceed with. Um. And then next up um, in today's episode is something a bit more fun, which is finding a good work and life balance. As a freelancer, as an artist, you never know what's going to happen next. And that's the reality of it. You need to make sure that you absolutely love what you do in order to actually proceed with it. There's so many people in the industry that think like, yes, I want to become an actor. Yes, I want to become... A film director, yes, I want to become a game developer. However, they don't actually realize that it's not as glamorous as it sounds, unfortunately. It's a lot of hours, a lot of time management, trying to fit in different jobs um, in different days or trying to have a big project by a very, very short deadline. And trust me, you have to love it in order to succeed. Because at the moment, I can work anything from zero, sometimes when I can't find any work, to 85 hours a week, when I've got really, really long hours on set with loads of overtime. And that can be very, very stressful, sometimes mess up with mental health and make you anxious about what's going to happen next week. Am I going to be able to afford rent? Um, am I going to have time to fit all of this work that I've booked myself for in one week? Um, so it's really important to understand that before you go into the job, but also find time for yourself. Don't ever throw yourself into the work, accept everything that they give you. At first, yeah, it's brilliant. You want to get as much experience as possible, but there are times, even in the first weeks of my work, that I had to say, no, I'm not going to do this because I'm already working six days this week and I can't throw in another shift because I need time to myself. So make sure you do have time for yourself. You do have time to see your friends. And 
as much as you might love working, you might love your industry, make sure that your priorities lie within you as well. So make sure that you take time to do a face mask in the evening, take a bath, read, go out for a meal, anything that can help you with the stress and washing it off. And make sure you don't always think about work. So what I personally do is, oh, I know I've got Sunday off. So I'm going to sleep in a little bit because that's what I love doing. Wake up, have freshly cooked breakfast. Instead of having catering at work every single day, I treat myself to a nice breakfast that I made myself because I love cooking. And then in the afternoon, I always make sure to see some of my friends that I haven't been able to see during the week because of my busy schedule and just make sure that those days that I do have off, I really take take them with a lot of pleasure and really get the most out of them because I don't know what, what when's my next day is going to be off because schedule as a freelance is very very different every week so yeah that would be my best advice to really kind of take pleasure in those days off do not try to do your invoices on your day off. Do not try to look for more work on your days off. Actually enjoy the days off. You can do those things any other time. And money is money. I say very privileged to be able to say this. However, there's always going to be ways to make that money. And there's always going to be ways to get a next job. And if you feel like burning out, take some time off. That will be it for today. I hope this episode was helpful. And... I look forward to sharing the other episodes with you and the interviews I have done with those exciting guests. So stay tuned and yeah, see you soon. Or rather speak to you soon. Bye.